On today's show, a quick market and economic update, plus flexible college funding strategies, 529 plans, and gifting with our insurance pro here at Murphy Wealth Management, Kim Wiseman. All that right after this. And now, Wealth Health Radio with Joe Murphy. Welcome in, everybody. This is Wealth Health Radio. I'm consumer advocate Steve Sorrell. Joining me, as always, today is Joe Murphy. Joe is an independent fiduciary investment advisor representative. You'll find him at Murphy Wealth Management, uh, mwmfinancial.tax. Joe's been helping folks for more than 20 years getting to and through retirement. And uh, you are always kind of the leading edge sort of guy. I know not from a technology standpoint, Joe, but from, <laughs> but from a, you know, from a, a from a retirement standpoint, you lead the way, in my opinion. You always manage to put a smile on my face, Steve. I appreciate that. No, I'm not the most technologically functional person, but trading is a different ball game. Yeah. And you know, this has definitely been, Steve, a, a very frustrating market from a trading perspective. Um, there's absolutely zero price discovery on these recent moves. They've been very violent. And price discovery, what that does is it enables buyers and sellers to set market prices of tradable assets. So recently, probably the last three to four weeks, Weeks. We've just had these violent vertical rips, and they all seem to occur on Fridays. I don't know, Steve, if you've noticed the uh, Nasdaq S and P five hundred. You know, we're 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 going back and forth all week, mm-hmm. um, and then all of a sudden Friday we get this huge rip in the VIX or the volatility index gets smushed back down to the floor. So that's been a reoccurring theme here. We'll see by the time this show airs on Sunday if we had another vertical rip on Friday. But it is very frustrating without that that price discovery. Traders need that you know, support and resistance. We need to see those set prices. And when we have rips and volatility like this, it's very difficult to trade. Most of our signals are conflicting right now. Um, and like I said, you know, from a from a retirement um, aspect, you really have to understand what types of risks you're taking. And you know, most of our portfolios right now, like the rest of the retail public, you know, we're hiding out in the mega caps because you know those are the those are the companies that are performing in this environment. If you look at an Apple. Uh, right now. And Apple is up 35% year to date. But if you look at the broad based market, it is sucking wind. Equal weight is up about 1.1. I mean, I can't even tell you how mind boggling that divergence is between the top performers in the market and the rest of the market. We've never seen anything like that. And the bull case here is, hey, you know what, these other stocks are going to catch right up. Um, but this type of divergence, Steve, it definitely warrants some caution. We're seeing things that we haven't seen before. And, you know, when we're dealing with our retirees, you know, near term dreams, goals and what they want to accomplish, we have to get into a very conservative position to make sure that we're safeguarding. So it's not business as usual in the market right now. It's definitely a cautious time. Um, and we might get an, another rip back up to the top here. You know, we're looking at, you know, an S&P that's got a little room to grow. And, you know, from a technical perspective, Looks like a nice bull flag is forming, but is that going to be the similar situation that we had back in 2007, 2008? Steve, I always bring this up, that Bear Stearns failure was that first signal um, back during the the subprime crisis, yes. and we saw that we saw them fail. And the Fed came out very similar to what they're doing today. Everything's fine, everything's resilient, and the S and P proceeded to move up about fourteen and a half percent over that proceed over those next four and a half months. And then the bottom fell out. So it's definitely like I said, if you haven't looked at your portfolio in a while, this is definitely a great time to get a review and make sure all your ducks in a row because if you're not invested in those big five mega cap tech stocks, um, odds are your performance, if you're a mutual funds right now, is really sucking wind. And the last thing that you want to do is go into a near-term retirement situation and the bottom falls out. That would be devastating as a retiree. So this is where it warrants caution. We don't have a crystal ball here. We can't accurately predict you know, on a day-to-day basis what this market is going to do. But what we do know is the risks that are real to near-term retirees right now, and that's market risk. You know, we're seeing a lot of stuff going on in our economy, in our government. Let's take a look, Steve. I'm sure you've heard all the news about the debt ceiling. Yeah. What's your what's your opinion on the debt ceiling? What do you think is going to happen? I don't know what's going to happen because, well, we don't know. But I mean, to me, I think that this is a this is a a fair argument for uh, gridlock in Congress because it forces them to 
fight face to face and and do something or and, else and nothing will get done. You got it, my man. And look, you know, we're facing economic devastation <laughs> if they don't yeah. increase this debt ceiling. And, you know, they're all holding each other hostage with this. And, you know, we, we have to raise the debt ceiling here. But, you know, it's just kicking the can down the road. And, you know, not to use a, a phrase that's probably overused, but it really is kicking the can down the road here. And we're, you know, we're waiting for the future to finally address all this debt. But think about it right now. You know, with interest rates continuing to increase, and I think that's probably, by the way, this last quarter point, I think that's probably the last rate hike we'll see for a while. I think the Fed's going to pause and let these lag effects catch up here. More things are going to break. But from the debt ceiling perspective, with an interest rate like this right now, the payment that the U.S. has to make to not default on debt is growing and growing and growing. But if they lower interest rates to try and get this debt under control, Steve, inflation takes off. How'd you like to be in the position of the Fed right now. No, not even close. <laughs> no, not even close. And it, it's just, you know, it's one thing after another. And, you know, we're saying no recession, no recession. We're going to cruise through this. I, I just, I am finding that very hard to believe. I think that, you know, we saw the employment numbers come in really low and, you know, they probably will stay low for a little bit. When we start seeing the unemployment edge up, that's when we know it's really time to get safe and secure. But the banks are big time crisis right now. And well, let's end, talk about like, the banks for a second. I yeah. mean, we lost another one. We lost another one and we're going to continue, you know, these regional small banks. And that's what, you know, that's what the Fed's out saying is the banking system. I think Jefferson from the Fed said the banking system is sound and resilient. I saw that on Twitter. And then William said the, the banking system is sound, resilient and added a little caveat and is quite strong. Um, and the Fed said they're prepared to address any bank liquidity pressures that may arise. They're committed to to ensuring deposits remain safe and banks can continue to provide access to credit. Heard this stuff before with the transitory comments and right. inflation. Yes, exactly. Um, but but the, these regional banks, Steve, they're in trouble. You know, they have a lot of exposure to commercial lending right now. And, you know, anyone out there that's listening to this radio show can go into big cities right now or just office space in general. And there it's just not there. So, you know, these people that took these loans out from these small banks, they're unable to make these payments. And, you know, these banks are going to start getting keys turned into them. And that's going to be a huge crisis. And at the end, Jamie Dimon from J.P. Morgan Chase is going to be sitting there at auction from the government buying these banks at pennies on the dollar, you know, smiling ear to ear. So what we're seeing now is a huge gap um, between these regional banks and these big three, City, Wells Fargo, and J.P. Morgan just keep growing and growing and growing. And it almost seems like the government is fueling that, not to put conspiracy theories out there to all our radio listeners, but it's just a really interesting time to follow the U.S. economy and to follow this market because there are so many different things happening. You, you always got to be paying attention, Steve. And look, you know, we'll go back to banks. You know, why is there a mass exodus of depository accounts in these banks? Think about it for a second. You know, most of us are conditioned to deposit our paychecks, deposit our savings into these accounts. You know, Wells Fargo, Citi, Chase, they're paying between 0.01% and 0.15% on depository accounts. That's nothing. And if they're not lending out your money that you're depositing and making cake on that, guess what they're doing? They're buying 5% treasuries. So they're making a profit. And we've seen smart clients call us and say, Joe, what can I do to get this 5% for myself? It's real simple. You open up a brokerage account, you buy a money market account, you link your checking account or savings account to it. You can move money back and forth and get that 5% for you instead of giving it to the bank. So there is a way. We just have to think outside the box and not always do things the way they were done. This is a brand new environment, Steve. You got to think differently. Well, and again, because uh, because you do have to think differently, so when when they say it's different this time, is it really different this time? Yeah, well, yeah, you yeah? know, I don't okay. know. It's like I think some of these these uh, crises are manufactured right. um, to maybe you know look over here as they get things done. And again, not to be a conspiracy theorist, oh, it's but easy to go there. It really is. It's easy to dive down a rabbit hole. And as a fiduciary, you know, you have to understand that we deal with data and we deal with facts. But it's hard not to piece this stuff together and be like, you know, wait a minute, what's really going on here? Time will tell. You know, exactly. time will tell. I think these next six months, Steve, are going to be critical. And again, to our radio listeners out there, if 
if you have a retirement account that's invested in mutual funds, or if you have an account that you haven't looked at, this is your opportunity to get a fiduciary to review those positions and make sure it's still in line with your time horizon, with your retirement needs and goals, especially guys, if you are going to be dependent on that pile of money to supplement your retirement income, you don't want to lose 20%. You don't want to lose 10%. You want every dime working for your most valuable asset in retirement, and that is income. We're going to offer that free portfolio review um, to our radio listeners, to the next 10 callers into the show. We're going to offer that, Steve, this week. So if they give us a call, give them that magic number, and we will get them going in the right direction. You got it, Joe. It's 800-930-5905. That's 800-930-5905. An opportunity for you to really put together that financial roadmap, exactly what Joe's been talking about here. You're going to have a true practical financial review. And if you're up there looking for a second opinion, Joe's your guy. Give him a call, 800-930-5905. You're going to get the comprehensive financial review. You'll see where you are today, yes, but more importantly, you're going to find that you now have a roadmap that can help get you to where you need to be when it comes to retirement. 800-930-5905. That's 800-930-5905. When we come back, we're going to discuss some college funding strategies, 529 plans, and gifting with our special guest, Kim Wiseman, right after this. Welcome back, everybody. Wealth Health Radio continues. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. And of course, Joe Murphy is here, investment advisor, representative, independent fiduciary at Murphy Wealth Management, uh, mwmfinancial.tax. And again, Kim Wiseman joining us as well. Uh, Kim, you are a uh, insurance uh, quite uh, like extraordinaire, right? Ah, I try to be. Right. Yes, thank you. Right. <laughs> Been doing it for a, for a long time, so it's it's definitely one of my passions. Perfect, uh, Joe. Let's see. Uh, let's let's dig in. I'm ready. We are absolutely going to dig in. So, what we wanted to do today is is kind of a in response to a lot of the calls and requests that we've received over probably the last month. I'd say, Kim, um, about funding college, whether, you know, a parent or a grandparent, you know, giving giving our kids or grandkids a gift to give them a head start in life and not be saddled. I mean, we all see what's in the news these days, student loans, student loans, student mm-hmm. loans. Mm-hmm. And what college funding can do is allow your child to sidestep that, get that education, because even though, you know, colleges are under fire right now, that doesn't mean it's going to be the case, you know, three years down the road, five years down the road, and a college degree still equates to double the income. But what we're trying to avoid is straddling these kids with this monstrous debt coming out, you know, all bright eyed and bushy tailed with that diploma, and then coming out with $250,000 worth of of loan debt, you know, at a 5% interest rate, you know, making 33 grand a year, not a good situation, especially with how housing prices right now. So we've got a ton of questions about 529 plans, what's good, what's bad. Um, And we also have an alternate college funding strategy using what's called an IUL or an indexed universal life, which is a much more flexible plan than a 529. But as a fiduciary, what I wanted to do today was break down 529 plans, talk about the pros and the cons, and then also talk about our alternative college funding strategy using an IUL and some of the difference. And I think our radio listeners will be able to decide by them for themselves, Kim, um, by the time we finish this is what is right, because what is right for their situation, because I think both of these plans can apply and, and help uh, saving for college. But which one's going to be right for you and your kids or you and your grandkids that is customly designed for you. And that's why we wanted to break this down today. So I'm going to start a little bit. Um, we wanted to hit a couple main topics with 529 versus IUL. And the very first thing that we wanted to talk about is, you know, the flip side, distributing money from a 529 versus distributing tuition money from an IUL. Now, a 529 is a tax deferred vehicle. It's tax free on the distributions. As long as that is going towards qualified expenses like computers, tuition, room and board, it is very strict to make sure that money is going towards those qualified expenses or you lose 
lose that tax-free status. So a 529, the disbursements or distributions from all those savings over all those years, they must be used for qualified education expenses or you lose the tax benefits and the IRS dings you with a 10% penalty. No thank you on that part. So make sure if you have a 529 plan, you know how to distribute it and we can absolutely answer questions. Kim, on the flip side, the index universal life is an unconventional way to save for college, but also has some serious merit. This has been used probably the last 10 or 15 years. I think 529 plans came out in 1996. They've probably been using IULs as long as they've been around to generate a more flexible way to save for college. When it comes to distributing tuition payments from an IUL, how does that differ from a 529 plan? Joe, you know, distributions out of an IUL or an index universal life is uh, the way you set them up, they come out tax-free, right? They're, there's not a lot of red tape that's involved in those distributions. Um, there's no penalties for early withdrawal. There's no stipulations on what you need to spend or what you have to spend those funds on. So, you know, in comparing it to the 529, when we're talking about what what do you have to spend the funds on, there's no rules. Okay, so so a distribution out of a, an IUL is is just that it's a tax free distribution to you that you can then spend on whatever you so choose to. Um, so and if, in this case, college. Yeah, in this case, college. So that that brings me to a question here, Kim. So if my kid decides, you know, after three semesters that college isn't for him, I'm kind of stuck with my 529. You know, I do have a couple little outs there, but for the most part, I'm going to need to pay the penalty and pay the taxes to access my own money. So you're saying the IUL, you can withdraw that college savings for anything, right? Correct. Correct. It could be a gift for your for your child if they end up going into a different type of program that's not college related um, and, and become successful. Uh, it could be to for yourself. You know, there's just no restrictions on what you can spend that money on. Great. So it's very, very flexible. And I like very choices. Flexible. I'm a guy that I need, I hate to be put in a little rigid box where it has to be this way. You have to dot this I, cross sure. this T to get the benefits that the government is giving to us. So in, in distribution ways, you know, I think the IUL is going to be a little bit more flexible depending on personal situation, which one's right. We just wanted to break down distribution wise, how they're different. That brings me to the second point. I think this is a really good one. It's called self-completing. Um, 529 plans are not self-completing. What you have is what you have. So God forbid you're unable to make more contributions, like a disability comes up, or God forbid that you pass away. What's in that account is in that account. It doesn't self-complete. It's not going to pay for, for college for your kid if you've only saved you know, $15,000 because God forbid something happened in the third year of your savings plan. So the 529 drawback is it's got to be continually funded up to the point where you have covered those college expenses for one child, two child, however many you're saving for. But if something happens and interrupts your savings, you have what you have. How is the IUL different, Kim? So the IUL, you know, you're you're leveraging your dollars, right? And in if you are contributing to the IUL, it is going to produce a, a tax-free benefit out or a death benefit out to the beneficiaries if something were to happen like death. So if let's say you're contributing 10, 15 or $20,000 or you're in that phase and you've put in that much, that's going to generate a, a much larger death benefit uh, to come back out to your beneficiaries on a tax-free basis that then you can, you know, I get pay for whatever you need or want to pay for at that time, whether it be the children's college or, or God forbid, it's the breadwinner and, and you still need to put a roof over your family's head. So sure. it, it rips away that red tape and it gives that flexibility, puts it right back into the policy. I, I like that because that is, you know, it's a very real threat, you know, at the, at sure. the snap of the fingers, you know, everything can be different. You know, mm -hmm. your whole life can change. And, you know, maybe the college plan goes out the window and your funds aren't stuck in there, but you have the death benefit tax-free from the IUL to take care of your family, to pay for college expenses. But basically, since you're not limited to what you use the money for, you can you can use it for whatever you need. I like that flexibility. I also really like, Kim, that it's 100% tax-free. 
Um, so you're covering the absolute worst case scenario um, that would prohibit you from completing your college funding plan. If death or disability, now we talked about death, what about disability? What if I have a heart attack or a stroke or God forbid cancer and I'm saving in one of these IULs, what happens with that? So there are, there are added benefits that a lot of companies have have added to their policies. Um, they are living benefits inside of those policies. So if you do, if you have cancer, heart attack, stroke, or you come be, become disabled, um, you can access that death benefit that you've purchased, that you've leveraged your dollars up for while you're still living to supplement any kind of income loss that you may have at that time so that you can continue to pay your bills, so that you can continue to, to provide and support your family. Great. Now, financial aid, this is a, this is a biggie um, on the 529 because the funds that you save will be included in the financial aid analysis. Um, so that could inhibit you from getting any type of scholarships like on a merit-based as well. Um, so let's just say your kid scores perfect on the SATs or, or the other, what's the ACTs? Is that, is that what it is? ACTs? Mm-hmm. Um, say they score perfect and they're in line um, for a scholarship and you have your 529 plan, um, the college is going to look, and let's just say two kids, you know, one that doesn't have the resources or, or money saved for college, and then you have your 529 with maybe 300 grand in it. The college admissions is going to look at that, and they're probably going to give the merit-based scholarship to the individual that doesn't have the funds saved. So it can actually be a deterrent on both sides, you know, regular financial aid and also merit-based scholarships. So the 529 has limitations because it is counted as an asset. Is the IUL, is the cash inside the index universal life, is that counted for financial aid like FAFSA, Kim? You know, that's the beautiful thing about it, Joe, is it is not. It is not. A, a reportable uh, account that you need to report on your FAFSA form. So it is it is removed from that. Wow. Okay. So, yes. I mean, there's nothing more to say on that. So one's included, <laughs> one is not. Which one fits Correct. your situation? It just depends. But to have that money removed from consideration is, is a benefit in my opinion, but every situation's different. So let's talk about my side here. Um, you know, the biggest threat, I think, to 529 plans is probably market risk, um, sequence risk, timing risk. You know, here's the here's the thing about 529s. Um, they're very similar to like a 401k, like a Roth 401k, where you have mutual funds inside that you can invest in. And a lot of people aren't trading their 529s. There's not a lot of risk management in there. You're just go, 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 go. Mm-hmm. Um, what happens if you've saved for, you know, 15 years, you know, you're, you're getting ready to send your kid to college, you've gotten that first tuition bill, you're getting ready to to pay, and then all of a sudden the market drops 20%. Um, probably not a real rosy picture. And what that means, guys, is saving, saving, saving. This is susceptible to an outside threat that is completely out of your control. It's market risk. And unless you're trading that 529 into safety ahead of it, and if you have a crystal ball, you're probably going to take a dip with the market. And having outside forces affect your college savings for your child or your grandchild can be a huge threat. And for me personally, at these market levels with everything that we have going on, I think that threat is very real. So 529s are susceptible to market risk and sequence risk, which is basically taking money out of that 529 in a falling market. And I think what that hap- what happens there is people will defer taking those 529 tuition payments because they think the market's going to come back right away. And they end up putting themselves in a very difficult situation with the government because they have not taken those 529 uh, payments timely. Now, the IUL, um, I know that it's guaranteed against loss, market loss. Is that is that for real, Kim? Is it? Can you ever suffer a loss in an IUL for, for college savings? No, Joe, you can't. The there's There are guarantees inside of it, and your worst day might might be zero. So you're never going to go backwards. You are you are you are guaranteed from that market risk inside of the IUL. So you're telling me so if the if I own my 529 and I have an IUL, say I'm saving through both. Uh, my 529 mm-hmm. goes down 20%, my IUL funds will not go down 25 20%. Is that correct? Correct. That is correct. Wow. That now, is correct. How, you, you're not going to have loss. You're not going to have any loss. Now, what about gains? Obviously, you know, straight market exposure, you're taking risks. So I'm sure the upside is probably higher in the 529. 
um, the indexes inside this IUL and the way that you invest, obviously you've offset any type of market risk, um, but the potential upside, is that still there? There, there's definitely potential upside inside of IULs. There are certain ones that have different strategy types. There are some that have uncapped uh, indexes that you could you could earmark your funds to track, and there are some that have capped options. Um, but you know, I kind of I, I, I look at them more like a baseball game. You know, World Series aren't won by home runs, right? Sometimes sure. those singles and those doubles they they win games, right? So if we're not if we're not experiencing losses. We don't have to hit home runs every single year inside of these things for them to grow and to grow well. Right now, we're at the end of the segment here, so everybody knows what time it is. And we're talking about something very interesting here with college funding and using an alternative thinking outside the box. So if you'd like to get a personalized, custom college funding plan between a traditional 529 and one of these IULs to see if it fits your situation, next 10 callers, we are going to design a free plan for college funding for you, your grandkids, or whoever else you want to help get a head start in life. Next 10 callers, Steve, give them that magic number. You got it, Joe. It's 800-930-5905. A great opportunity for you to really get this comprehensive review. Talk about what we're talking about here today. Yes, great insight always. 800-930-5905. 800-930-5905. When we come back, we're going to continue our 529 plan versus IUL college funding extravaganza right after this. Wealth Health Radio with Joe Murphy. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. Joining us today, Kim Weissman, the insurance pro. That's what I'm going to call her. What do you think, Kim? Yeah, that works for me. All right, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> and uh, I mean, again, this is some really cool information. I mean, good information, things that I, I had no idea of, you know, especially the IUL piece. What a, what a great way to, to put together a college plan. Absolutely. And, you know, you know, Steve, our firm here, we're independent. So we're not locked into the traditional ways to do things. You know, we like to think outside the box and we like our, our vehicles for our clients. If they're putting their hard-earned money into this to accomplish a goal, I don't want it into a small corridor where it's this or that. I hate that. I love flexibility. And that's why we wanted to bring this. And look, the content of this show, Steve, what we're bringing is, is the calls that we're receiving from our audience. And this is something that was very important to you guys. And we wanted to make sure we broke it down as a fiduciary so you guys can get the information and you can make a decision which one is for you. And if you're not sure, we'll absolutely help you out. But I thought this was really important, especially this environment with student loans going crazy to break this down. And we do have one more segment here between 529 plans and IULs. And I think this is a really critical one is fees. The 529 plan has low fees. Some of the advisor-driven plans might be a little bit more expensive, but you're probably looking between management um, and the investments inside there, anywhere between 0.25 all the way up. I've seen them as high as 2%. Um, there's not a lot of fees inside these 529s, but you do have the risk. The IUL on the other side does have fees, but you're paying this fee for a reason. You're paying it to safeguard immediately day one against risk. Kim, can you talk a little bit about the fees in the IUL? Yeah, so in IUL policies, typically the, the fees are gonna be front-loaded, right? So you, you, you're going to see that they're gonna be a little bit higher than what you're going to be paying in a 529 plan, but I think it's you know it's really important for us to 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 mention that anytime you're saving for your kids' college, it's typically a long-term savings, right? It's not something that you're going to do for one or two years, typically, right? So when you're hedging against that market risk, when you're leveraging your dollars for for a higher death benefit, if that worst case scenario happens, and and we're we're utilizing this strategy and not for a short-term goal, but for a longer-term goal, you know, it's it's something that certainly we need to discuss. The fees are there. They are front-loaded. They are going to typically be a little bit higher than what your what your 529 plans are. But as a whole, when we when we add in the the elimination of the market risk, when you're hedging your dollars and, and the flexibility inside of the product, I think it's each person's individual conversation they need to have is, you know, it, what's more important to you? You know, it, it, fees are in everything, but 
let's let's break these things down and say, you know, what are we paying for those? We're paying for flexibility. We're paying for flexibility in filling them up, flexibility in utilizing those dollars back out to you, and then having a bunch of protection inside of it. It's it's certainly worth something to pay for. Absolutely. And, and that brings up a really great point, Kim, because, you know, fees are a part of the financial services industry. And sometimes mm-hmm. we see fees that are worth it. And sometimes we see excessive fees that are not. When I look at the fees of of the IUL, and I'm really glad you said that, the IUL version of the college funding savings plan is not designed for short term because those those fees, like Kim said, are front loaded, which means you're going to pay the majority of those fees right up front. Um, So it's not a short term college funding savings plan. This is something that we want to grow over time, you know, seven, 10, 15 years. That's where the IUL really shines. But when we're looking at it versus 529, you're paying a fee for access to those mutual funds and the uh, obviously administration of the plan with the IUL, you're getting something for those fees. You are eliminating or transferring all those risks that Kim talked about to the insurance company for that fee. If I'm taking out all those risks of dying early, disability, market risk, to me, that's worth the fee. Again, everyone has to make a personal decision based on them. But like I said, higher fees doesn't always mean worse. It just means you want to make sure that you're getting something for those fees. So great point. And hopefully everyone kind of in a nutshell understands the main points um, between IULs, Indexed Universal Life, and 529s. Both are fairly popular college funding strategies, but there is a difference to both. And depending on the client that is sitting in front of Kim and myself, we might go with the straight 529. Let's just say that maybe we need to accelerate the savings during a short time. We combine a couple of years and throw money in the 529 and get that tax deduction in there. That's probably a good a good case for a 529. But if I have 10 or 15 years, and we're going to talk a little bit about this in this next segment here, um, the benefits of the IUL, not just to pay for college funding, but it can double as a retirement supplement for the owner of the policy. So it really does cover more than just college funding. So Kim, I wanted to talk about, um, in general terms, uh, a case that we just actually wrote um, for a couple. Obviously, we're going to keep it generic and keep all the personal information out. Um, but we did, uh, we did, we just did one of these last week, and it was uh, a younger couple. Um, and we ended up writing the IUL on the husband. Um, we have one child in there, and we wanted to save about twelve thousand dollars a year into this plan. So the very first thing that Kim and I did was we broke down a five twenty nine plan in funding with twelve. a year into that 529 plan. Next, we compared it to the index universal life with the same exact funding level of $12,000 a year. And what Kim and I are going to get into next is the differences that we saw in the illustration. And, you know, we don't tell clients, hey, go this way or this way. We listen to our clients. We understand what they're trying to accomplish. And we put both options in front of them. And of course, they ended up choosing the IUL because it does so much more for their situation. Whether that's your case or not depends on your specific situation, but that's something that we can help you with. So Kim, the 529 plan, we ended up running it at a very generous 7% a year. I ran no fees in this thing. So there's absolutely zero fees in this 529. And this is kind of a mythical 529. But I really wanted the clients to see the difference between them. And I ran it at a 7% return. That means no volatility every single year, year in, year out. This thing is doing 7%. We funded this thing for 15 years at $12,000 a pop. So we ended up putting about $260,000 or we'll put $260,000 into this plan over that 15-year period. After the 15-year period elapses, we wanted to withdraw $65,000 a year for a period of four years. Once we had that savings and we had the college tuition removed from that 529 plan, we were left with about $144,000 remaining in 529 plans. Kim, I want you to talk a little bit about the setup that we used on the IUL side for the same exact uh, figures. Yeah, so we we used those same dollars, right? We wanted to try to get, it, you know, these two as close as we can. You know, certainly there are two different types of vehicles, but we wanted to illustrate, you know, kind of exact, 
you know, dollars for dollars. So we took that same $12,000 and we funded it for 15 years. Um, in that first year, it generated a death benefit in that first year um, on that $12,000. And we talked about, you know, what happens if we're in the, when the, if we're in the filling the account portion of that phase uh, and something happens, you know, you're going to have that death benefit. So we put that $12,000 in, we took that same $65,000 a year out for each year for the, for the child's college. And at the end of that, we ended up with $50,000 in that account. And we did it at a 6%. Um, and, and we baked in the fees inside of that 6%. So it was a net um, we used, you know, I know we used the 7% with, with no fees coming out of it in, in the 529, but we did use a 6% on the IUL. We, we netted it. So it's a true 6%. And that's kind of what we were left with. We were able to withdraw that money out. We were left with that $50,000. So in short, both plans that we showed the prospective client, um, both plans paid for college fully um, tax-free. So the $65,000 that went out for a four-year period, both were tax-free distributions from each plan, the 529 and the IUL. The 529 had $114,000 left in it at the end of college funding. The IUL had 50000 So you might be thinking, all right, wait a minute, the IUL is no good. This is where it gets good. This is the interesting part because distributing, now let's just say your child or your grandchild, they're done with school. Now you're sitting on 114 grand. Um, obviously in 2024, we have the Secure Act 2.0. You will be able to roll $35,000 into a Roth IRA in the beneficiary's name. Um, but maybe you don't want to do that. Maybe you need that money. What is it going to cost you to access your own money, the leftover funds in this 529? Well, I can tell you, number one, Uncle Sam is going to sting you with a 10% penalty to access your own money. Secondly, you are going to be paying ordinary income tax rates on that withdrawal. Um, so let's just say you needed that money and we wanted to distribute $12,000 a year. Let's just say maybe retirement wasn't calculated correctly and you need a little bit more money and you know what you have this money sitting in here let's use it for you it's going to pay out about twelve thousand dollars a year for a period of four years and then it is completely gone but just remember that twelve thousand dollars is gross not net you have to take out the penalty and the taxes so depending on what your tax rates are you know if you're at a 12 percent or you're all the way up at the top in the 30s you know you could be paying a high tax rate on that but you are basically locked in to pay those taxes and penalties with leftover funds here's where the flexibility and the cool part that we really like on the iul to show our clients what this thing can double as. So Kim, talk a little bit about that $50,000 and what it does in that is different than the 529. All right, so we've got that $50,000 left and inside IULs, when you take a loan or a distribution outside of that, the cash that you've taken out, that $65,000 a year that you took out for your kid's college education, even though it's in your pocket or at the college because you've paid for it, it's still inside of that policy and it's considered participating. So what that means is it's still earning interest. So what you can do with that 50,000, it's going to continue to grow. So what we did is we said, well, how much income can we bring back out to ourselves on a tax-free basis? And how long can we do it for off of that 50,000 that was remaining? And we, we computed to about $24,000 a year that you could bring back out to yourself tax-free till your age 93. And that's apples to apples here. And like I said, two very different vehicles. We're going to dig into this more in the next segment, but this is your opportunity to call next 10 callers. If you're curious about 529 plans, college funding for your kid or your grandkid, now is your time to call. Steve, next 10 callers, give them that magic number and me and Kim will get to work. 800-930-5905. Go ahead and give us a call. Get the, one of those spots that remain on the calendar. 800 930 800-930-5905. When we come back, we're going to continue our comparison between the 529 plan and the indexed universal life right after this.
Welcome back, everyone. Wealth Health Radio continues right now. Joe Murphy is here. Kim Weissman is here. We're talking about IUL. We're talking about 529 plans, what they are, and sometimes what they aren't, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think Kim's done a really good job breaking it down. But I wanted to go back to that part that we were talking about last segment, Kim, and just revisit it quickly before we moved on, because I think that is so, so powerful, um, what you said. And can you just explain that one more time, just for our radio listeners, that the interest is applied to the accumulation value inside that IUL. Can you just break that down one more time? Yeah, Joe. So the, the way that you, you distribute money out of the policy is when you're taking those $65,000 uh, withdrawals annually for the college, your, your dollars are still inside of that policy participating. And what that means is, is they're still earmarked in there to earn interest. So after you've withdrawn that cash and at the end we had that $50,000 left, we're still earning interest on about $350,000. So when, when we're talking about earning interest and compounding interest, it, it afforded us to be able to, to start a $24,000 a year distribution back out to us tax-free to age 93. And, and I didn't mention it previously, but at 93, when you stop taking your $24,000 a year, you still have about $560,000 of cash left in that side of, inside of that policy with a $670,000 death benefit at age wow. 93. That's that's amazing. And that's where there's a big difference between the 529 and the IUL. So not only did you pay for your child's college tax-free, um, you were able to supplement your retirement for a total of, is that 19 years? Years? About 19 yeah, years? About 19 of, years. About 19 years. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not everything, but hey, you know what? It's tax-free money, right? So you don't have to report it to the government. You don't have to pay taxes on it. Right. And then you're able to give your kids or your missus or your husband a death benefit for $500,000 tax-free. Talk about win-win-win versus a 529 that is basically simple focused. It is going to focus on one thing, and that is just saving, and you're at the mercy of the market. And I think, Kim, you know, as we've seen 529 contributions decrease over the last couple of years, and the main reason being is no one wants to have leftover funds in these things. And it's really difficult to accurately predict college prices 15 years down the road. So how much do you really put into this thing? What if you put too much in and now you're sitting there wondering, what do I do with these funds? I would much rather have this situation where I have the flexibility to spend it on anything, help myself out, and then leave a legacy for my family 100% tax-free. You know, as a guy, I own one of these things. And like I said, to me, it just made sense for my situation and not knowing what our boy was going to do, if he was going to go to college, if he was going to go into the trades, whatever his choice was, we were ready to go. And I love that flexibility and that choice. To me, everything is circumstantial. It depends on the situation. But when you're looking at overall benefits, you're obviously paying a higher fee for it. But if you think those benefits are something that you could use, not only for you, but for your child and for your family, and take Uncle Sam almost all the way out of the picture, then you need to give us a call and we can run one of these for you to see what is it going to take? Can you qualify for it? Remember, it is still life insurance. You still have to qualify for it. But even if one spouse doesn't, we may have a spouse in there that does and we can help you make sure that you qualify for an important plan like this so you can compare for yourself is the 529 the route or is the IUL. Kim, great job. Thank you so much for that breakdown. You painted a picture in my head again. And now I remember why I went this route. You know, you, you you hit it home when you said, you know, flexibility. And when we're young and we have children, you know, they're all going to be superstars, right? And yeah. and you don't know what your kid's future holds. You don't know what, what the, the projection of their life is going to be. And just that flexibility inside of them. I know for myself and my family situation, it made a big difference. You know, it made a huge difference on, on um, different things that happened in our life and, and what we could and could not do with those funds. It, it was it was a, a game changer for myself and my family. So now, Kim, you, you actually own one of these IULs as well. 
Do you have a 529 as well? You know, I, I have a small 529. I, I definitely have both um, and, and I use it strategically. Um, but I will say that the bulk went into my IUL um, for, 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 I have three children. So I had quite a bit that I needed to plan for. Um, but the bulk of it went in there because, you know, I just wasn't sure what our futures looked like or what, what our futures were going to hold. And it was important for me to make sure that I covered everything as, as best as I possibly could. You know, what if something happened to myself or my husband? What if um, one of my kids didn't go to college? What if one of us came down with an illness and I didn't want to pigeonhole myself into all my dollars in one basket, right? So I needed to make sure that I had a comprehensive plan put together so that our future, as 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 wonderful as I painted it to be, um, you know, all, all the 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 hills and the valleys, you know, we we, we survived through them all, right? Uh, <laughs> and and the hills are great, and the valleys, you know, are tough. But you know, when you have a an, a product like this or or an account like this, your your storms are weathered a little bit more with less sweat on your brow because you know that you have access to funds that that you may not have access to without huge penalties or or whatnot to kind of weather those storms. And it's something that we certainly experienced in, in our home, in our family. You know, we were unfortunate. Uh, we've got three kids, each of them six years apart. And our oldest, you know, he chose the military. He chose, he chose, he tried after the military going, you know, he thought maybe college was for him found out it wasn't and we were right. perfectly fine with that he 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 went into the trades you know and that first year being into the trades you know we've got we had you know worst case scenario worst thing that you could ever be told is our 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 child was diagnosed with cancer and you know we were faced with a situation where you know we weren't sure what what was coming up, but we knew that it was a storm. We knew it was something that we were going to have to navigate um, with time off work, you know, and as a mother, you know, it's, it was my job to fix my kids, right? You know, right. if something was wrong, mom needed to fix it. Um, and it was, it was time away that I was going to be away from work. There was time away that I was going to be from the other children. You know, life did not stop because we had a devastating diagnosis to one of us in our family. And, and we had the dollars inside of there to pay for, you know, health costs, healthcare costs, which is astronomical. And, you know, by yes. the grace of God, our son came out of it on the other end. He's doing extremely well today. He's extremely healthy. Um, but, you know, we, we had a safety net to where I wasn't reeling from the emotions of a diagnosis like that with one of our children I didn't have to worry, am I going to make my house payment? You know, is is my son going to be strapped with medical bills that he's never going to be able to crawl out of? And and we know how how expensive treatment like that is and how medical bills mount up. You know, I knew that coming out of that storm, the dollars that I had earmarked or put aside for him and his college future, you know, it wasn't a choice. It wasn't a path that he chose. And I was able to say, you know what? Money's not an option. Don't you worry about it. We are going to go to the best doctors. We are going to get the best treatments and we are going to, we are going to get you healthy again. And it, if it cost me every last dollar I had, yeah. it was something that I was going to do, but I still also had other children and I had a home and a, and a home front that we needed to be able to afford and pay for. We had younger children and it, it didn't ruin us. It didn't financially ruin us because we had money put into an account that we could access without penalties, without having to prove a hardship, without any questions to, to, to supplement, whether it was loss of income during that time or to, to pay off his medical bills, which weren't cheap. Absolutely incredible, mm -hmm. Kim. And thank goodness <laughs> you had the wherewithal to deviate from the 529 um, outside of a strategic strategy, you know, a distribution and use the IUL. But I, mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's the unimaginable for parents. Um, but the flexibility of that IUL allowed you to focus on your son and your family um, sure. and not worry about the financials. And that's the protection. So again, mm -hmm. when you're looking at the, the bottom line is what does it do for you? Um, it depends on your situation. And thank goodness, Kim, your family had that protection in place and you were able to use it for whatever you needed. Um, yes. So we like things that accomplish more than just one thing.
um, because life doesn't happen in a vacuum. Um, things go up. And again, you know, I could walk out the door and life could be different. You know, I could get hit by a bus, become disabled, God forbid. I want to make sure and, and I've made sure that I'm worth more in the ground than I am above it to take care of Amber and, and, mm -hmm. and our family if something does happen. And that's the benefit of life insurance. That's the protection element that it has. But when you can double, you know, we all want to give to our kids. We all want to give them a better world, a better head start. But when you can do it in a flexible manner, and if it fits your situation, this is where I really think the IUL obviously outperforms benefit-wise, not maybe performance-wise, but benefit-wise outside of the 529. Because had you had the 529, Kim, probably would have been a very different situation. Certainly, certainly, you know, and and it, every, like you hit the the nail on the head. Um, life happens, right? Um, we all paint that perfect picture, and and I think every single one of us here and every person listening knows, you know life happens, you know, we have our, our ups and our downs and we weather our storms and it, it, none of us are, are void from any of that, you know, life happening to us, you know, and, and if you have accounts like these, it, you know, you can, you, you can plan for your future with also hedging the risk of those different life events that happen to all of us, right? And keeping yourself safe through the storm. Um, so we're going to do that offer one more time for our radio listeners. And what we want to do is we want to help as many people out there, you know, create simplicity when it comes to saving for college and protecting your family. And everyone's going to be different. Like we talked about earlier, the 529 may be a better fit if you have a short-term time horizon. Um, you know, if the market performance goes crazy in the next 10 years, personally, I don't think the next 10 years are going to be like the previous 10 years. Um, but, you know, I don't have a crystal ball. But the IUL, and again, a very different vehicle, allows that same distribution. So those next 10 callers, we're going to run a free complimentary comparison. Um, you're going to be talking to Kim. Kim will get you all squared away. Steve, those next 10 callers, give them that number and we will get to work. You got it, Joe. 800-930-5905. An opportunity for you. You don't, want to, you don't want this one to slip by. I like what Joe just said. Create the simplicity. I really like that. 800-930-5905. That's the number to call. 800-930-5905. Make that call today while you're thinking of it. And uh, Joe, as always, uh, this is uh, what a remarkable show. This is good stuff. Yeah, we, li we like bringing the knowledge out there. So I thank, I thank Kim so much for joining us. And, you know, Kim is at this firm. She's on the website, mwmfinancial.tax. Give us a call here at the studio. We will get you rocking and rolling and figure out which way is the right direction. We're going to show you how to save and how to protect. And we are going to talk to you again next week. Kim, thank you so much for your time today. And we're going to have you on real soon. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, Steve. Content of this radio show is provided for informational purposes only and should not be considered investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell any type of securities. Joe Murphy, MWM Advisory Group, and Murphy Wealth Management are not responsible for the consequences of any decisions or actions taken as a result of the information provided in this radio show and do not warrant or guarantee the accuracy or completeness of the information provided. The information discussed today reflects the views of Joe Murphy and his guests as the date of this show and are subject to change without notice. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Any forward-looking statements or forecasts are based on the assumptions and actual results may vary from such statements or forecasts. No reliance should be placed on any statements or forecasts when making any investment decision. Accordingly, listeners should not rely solely on the information provided today in making any investment decision. There is a risk of loss from investing in securities, including the risk of loss of principal. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk, and there can be no assurance that any specific investment will be profitable or suitable for a particular investor's financial situation or risk tolerance. Asset allocation and portfolio diversification cannot assure or guarantee better performance and cannot eliminate the risk of investment losses. 